Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook and later on our podcast channels. We're bringing you a rare live show with myself, Andrew Musgrove and Aaron Stokes after a fantastic win for Newcastle against Arsenal up at St James Park in what was the last home game of the season. We felt only right that we do a little bit of a live broadcast and look back on what was a fantastic game. Everything about it from a Newcastle point of view will live, live long in the memory um, we'll start, Aaron, with the war flags display. Now, listeners to the podcast will know that I talked up how good the atmosphere was going to be and how all the elements would roll into Newcastle United's favour. John Gibson, who's the regular on our preview episode, wasn't so positive. And if you listen to Thursday's episode, I'm going to make sure you regret the comments that he said to me because Newcastle, the atmosphere w- was brilliant. Um, everyone on Twitter, the videos, applauding the... Great work that War Flags put in. 49,000 foils. Absolutely some effort. And you said in the Instant Reaction podcast last night, Aaron, that it set the tone. And it did just that, didn't it? It looked like it absolutely rattled Arsenal. Yeah, 100%. I think from the from the first minute, it was clear that the Gunners were just couldn't really deal with St. James's Park atmosphere. And you know, going into the stadium before and, you know, Big River was on the speakers and fans were slowly sort of pouring in. You just got that feel that it was going to be a special night and obviously the displays were fantastic. You know, we've credited War Flags so much and, you know, it's just, I think for fans that aren't, you know, Newcastle United supporters, I don't think they can really comprehend the size of the job that they've done this season. You know, they've been absolutely outstanding, not just last night, but the Liverpool game and, you know, pretty much the last six months. So what an advert they are making, Newcastle United. You know, if players are watching that on Sky Sports last night, seeing 49,000 fans, you know, waving flags, getting the team up, you know, players are definitely going to want to come and play for Newcastle. And I think, you know, players like Dan Byrne last night were sort of trying to take it in and they were, you could see they were lining up for the game and, you know, peering around the stands and thinking... You know, what on earth is this? It's just like nothing the Premier League's ever seen and, you know, credit the group and it did really set the tone and, you know, from minute one, Newcastle were at Arsenal, Arsenal couldn't deal with it and I think, you know, the, the crowd played a large part in that. The crowd were absolutely superb. It's easy to talk about the cliche 12th man, isn't it? But that's exactly what Newcastle have gotten. I think it's shone through even more given the fact there wasn't really anything to play for. From Newcastle's point of view, Arsenal were coming here knowing they really did need a win. Whereas Newcastle, all they really had to play for was to to match the standards that Eddie Howe has set. You know, every bar, every match has to be a certain standard. And he said that, you know, at full time that they want to win every game, whether it be the very first one or the very last one. And and, and that's a totally different point. But it was just... um. Yeah, amazing just to see that the fans backing the players in such a way. And that's happened all throughout the season, especially since Eddie Howe has come in and long may it continue. Uh, one of the, the group last night on Twitter from War Flags tweeted, what an atmosphere, what a performance and what a flag display, what a night. And uh, I replied to him saying, no one likes a bragger. Now, obviously, I was joking. And I said, oh, you know, I'm joking. It was epic. And he responded saying, um, I, well, I swear word, he said, sorry, mate. Um, it exceeded my expectations. Unbelievable sight, that blue star. And the important point there is that, you know, these guys are volunteers. They're Newcastle United fans. They've got personal lives. They've got jobs. You know, one of them 
um you know teaches people to drive and he's got so many other things that he does outside of that as well and yet he's always at the ground making sure that the flag displays um are perfect and they put in so much effort and it, it was great to see him as well get to the training ground on saturday to meet the players and staff and that will mean so much to them guys because they deserve it all the effort they go through and then to see it last night how fantastic it was. They'll be looking this morning at all the pictures, all the videos, looking back at the Sky coverage. And yeah, they deserve every single plaudit that comes their way. I think that's what makes it more special is the fact that, you know, the club isn't putting this on, the club isn't funding it. You know, the club hasn't decided to do this. Like you say, this is all volunteers. You know, everyone giving up their own time to try and make St. James's Park a better place for Newcastle to play football in. Look, I mean, I, I did see a tweet from one of the group last night as to, you know, where on earth do they go from here? Because, you know, we've seen this sort of displays get gradually higher and higher and bigger and bigger. And now we've done the full stadium. It's, you know, what on earth do they do next? But look, I'm sure, you know, I'm excited to see what they come up with next season because everything they've done, you know, this year, it's not just the, the displays that they put on. It's, it's the flags that they choose. You know, the St. Maximum one a couple of weeks ago, you saw how much it meant to them the big team on last night, you know, in, in the Gallagher end. They just know, you know, exactly what to what to put on display before a game. So look, credit to them. They've done a they've done a fantastic job and, and they deserve every single bit of credit that's gonna to come to them. I do know they're aiming for a pulley system that you see in the likes of the German league. Um, I don't know how you know short term that is, but that's their that's their big aim to have one of them pulley systems, which would mm-hmm. look absolutely fantastic. So maybe something to watch there. Um, let's talk about the football because there was a game and Newcastle, I mean, I, I felt they would win. I felt the game was set up for them. Did I think they perform at the level they did? No, I thought that I thought they would play very well, but there was just something else last night. And yes, Arsenal were rattled and yes, they weren't at their best, but Newcastle still have to beat what's out in front of them. And this is a young perhaps naive Arsenal side, but still an, an Arsenal side that are, they're up there for a reason. They deserve to be up there. So you, you would have thought with what, what's at stake for Arsenal, they would have put in a bit more fight. But Newcastle took the game to them. They, you know, took on the atmosphere. They, they, they took advantage of that and it aided their, their, their fight against Arsenal. And it was just a 10 out of 10 performance by Newcastle United. It sets the standard for what's to come as well. You know Eddie Howe. This is Eddie Howe's Newcastle United. That was that was it. They, that those ninety minutes is exactly what we can look forward to, and exactly what Eddie Howe has been trying to achieve, and will go on to achieve as Newcastle United manager. Definitely, I think born on that was the best performance under Howe last season. And when you think we've had that run from December March, when every single game was key, they had to get out the relegation zone. They were fighting for something. Last night was a dead rubber, really. And yet it looked like Newcastle were a team chasing top four and Arsenal were a team that had you know, been on the beach for four weeks. So yes, Arsenal weren't at the best, but I think that's because Newcastle you know, made them play that way. Every second ball, Newcastle were winning. You know, every tackle they were winning. Arteta you know, said it in his post-match presser that Newcastle were 100 times better. You know, They were better in every single department, and I think that's true. And you know, Howe's a very sort of coy and... You know, he keeps himself to himself and he's a bit reserved. But last night he came out and said, like, you know, that was the best performance I've had here. And for him to say that, you know, he doesn't say things lightly. So you can tell that, you know, there was a real feel among the group that, you know, they'd done a performance that they hadn't this season. 
the standard now is obviously making sure that that it you know is kept up and they do it week after week because you know consistency is key isn't it consistency is key and and you know we've had that amazing run and then you have those games against city and tottenham where you know you take two steps back and i think for how you know the the challenge next season is making sure that these runs are consistent and you don't have those blips where you're playing so well and that just gets sap. You know, we were sat here a week ago and it was as if the world had ended. You know, we were slagging every player against City and we were calling this and that. And, you know, what a difference a week can make. But fantastic performance last night. And I think it just felt like the perfect night pre-match, during the match, post-match was just how Newcastle United should be. And if it was like that all the time, I mean, it would just be amazing. I think... The issue against City was, as we discussed last week, was defensively they were just shocking and they handed pretty much everything to City on a plate. And, you know, we don't know what happened in the last week, but you would like to think Eddie Howe sat down and and pointed out to the players, you know, you were stepping out too quickly or you were letting your man run because everything we saw last week against City, and yes, they are at a different level to Arsenal, but as we said, Arsenal are still a very good side. But everything we saw that went wrong against City seemed to have been fixed against Arsenal. The men weren't getting the runs on the likes of uh, Target or, or, or Kraft. Dan Byrne wasn't stepping out too quickly. And we, we mentioned there, you know, we were critical of, of certain players. And last week we were critical of Dan Byrne. But he had one of those performances uh, yesterday. Our colleague Lee Ryder described it as, you know, England form. And he, it was it was, again, it was good to see him sign off on such a good performance and we we felt as well that it was a big night for a lot of players you know we needed to see something from Alan St Maxman we needed to see something from Callum Wilson even though he's just come back you know plenty of talk about a new striker coming in we've seen how I don't want to say the word badly but you know Chris Wood has not performed so it was a big night for for Callum Wilson and he and he passed even though the goal was an own goal he was causing chaos in that defence, oh, you know, the runs amazing. he was making. Amazing performance. Wasn't he just? And mm-hmm. it was great to see, and he's the number nine we've missed. Uh, and the one person I, I want to start with, really, though, is Sean Longstaff, because I think out of everybody, yeah, it really was the biggest game for him. He hasn't signed that new deal yet. It is on the table. Eddie Howe is very confident it's going to get signed off. We think in Sean Longstaff, he's got a decision to make whether he plays kind of third, fourth choice, or he goes elsewhere and gets first-team football. But that performance last night did two things. One, it goes, oh, Freddie Howe, okay, maybe maybe I have got a first-team player here who isn't necessarily just going to be a backup. And then outside of that, it, it maybe alerts other teams in Sean Longstaff's favour and goes, well, oh, we're there. Maybe we can go and have a little chat with him and see if we can get him to, to, to wherever and join us next season. And I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that the Newcastle players listen to this podcast because weeks ago we spent weeks slagging Miggy off his scores against Palace. Last week we absolutely slaughtered Sean Longstaff and last night he put in arguably what was one of his best performances in Newcastle shirt. So there was massive differences from City and just the commitment and the will to win and the players like Longstaff that were, you know, dying for every ball. We, did, we hadn't seen that against City. But he, him last night, was he was fantastic. He he was one of the standout players. And to be fair, I think all 11 played well. Um, I don't think there was any player that you can really single out and say didn't have a good game. But Longstaff 
in the first half when he was just drifting into those positions down the right-hand side and sort of playing as a right-winger, really, in some points. Um, fantastic performance. Wilson, as we touched on, I've literally just wrote a piece saying that, you know, what a performance to come back from, you know, his first start since December. And like you say, there's going to be talk this summer of marquee signings and big names, but if we can keep him fit for 25, 30 games next season, what a force, because last night, he was just unplayable from minute one, you know, putting White and Gabrielle under pressure. And then, but uh, yeah, across the board, I think they were good. Kraft, amazing. What a turnaround he's had. Target, again, you know, you've got to keep him in the summer for 15 million, I think. Just every single player last night spot on, but credit a long staff. And it, as we've just touched on, it's about consistency now. If he can keep those level of performances, keep sort of drilling them out every two or three games, then, yeah, look, I think that new contract's a good decision. And we weren't saying that a week ago. Um, someone in the chat there has mentioned how well Newcastle played in the first half, maybe without really threatening too much. But the stats, I mean, 66% possession is something that is pretty much unheard of. That was the first half possession stats for Newcastle. Four shots on target, eight corner kicks. You know, they were they were they were very good. In the first half, 219 passes, 184 accurate passes. We, we, we're not used to kind of seeing that with Newcastle. In the games they've won recently, they've always kind of had uh, less possession, less, uh, well, they've had more shots on goal, but less possession, less um, passing stats. And yet they've always managed to manage to churn out a win. Whereas here, you know, they were very, they were very, Dominant in that first half, the second half was a little bit different. Yet they were more threatening and got and got the goals. It was a very interesting uh, performance from Newcastle. A very good one, like we say, it, it's a sign of things to come. And you know, we mentioned there, Sean Longstaff. We can't move on without talking about that wonderful little dink pass for the second goal. Uh, I mean, he does superb to win it as well. You know, he's he's quick to the react because the ball's blocked. It's clear he turns around quickly. Um, and then turns back to goal and just takes his time. Maybe maybe Bruno Gomeresh is running, rubbing off on him because it was a oh, Bruno Gomeresh pass, wasn't it, really? Just about to say he's been watching Bruno and trading because that was that screen Bruno Gomeresh, honestly. I don't think you would have seen that pass six months ago from Longstaff. But like you say, to win that ball, I think he turns Grant Shacker on the box, you know, effortlessly. And then the crowd were urging him to shoot. And I think he might, in his head, have thought, you know what, I fancy a dig here, but fantastic ball and then I think it was I think it was yourself that tweeted actually you know when Wilson gets smothered how many other players would have absolutely tried to blast that and ended up in the Gallagher whereas Bruno he's calm well about that you know I was because I had the I was about to tweet something else actually before Bruno scored because just a minute or two before that uh, Arsenal had gone up the pitch they'd uh, had a, an effort or a pass cleared and Gumeresh raced out from the box and he draws a foul and I was about to tweet, he's, that is, he does it consistently. He's just so clever. We've mentioned before how clever he is, just drawing those fouls, which relieves the pressure for Newcastle when they really are under it. And it was needed. And I was about to tweet that out. By the time I got the tweet read out, he'd gone and finished the goal, which, you know, was very, very welcome. But yeah, you, you are right. You know, the fact that, and we've seen it earlier in the season as well. I can't quite remember against which side it was, um, where... He just he's just calm on the ball. It was the um, it was the, the, the was it the, when the keeper makes the mistake. 
Norwich to against pool. Norwich. Yeah, and he, he controls yeah. it, doesn't it, with the bottom of his foot, and, and it just spins in front of him, and then he thinks, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas most players get to get a big touch on that, and it, it puts it in the, towards the keeper, makes it a bit easier for the keeper to get to. And we mm-hmm. saw it again last night. You know, he looks, takes his time, puts it in the back of the net. Like you see, most people put their foot through that, you know, their heads, you know, their their back, and into the Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, and he is such a classy player. And, and uh, if Arsenal fans were thinking they hadn't missed out on a player, I tell you what, last night Bruno Gomes reminded them, yep. They certainly have done. You know what it is? It feels like every week we've praised Bruno, Bruno and then last night all 11 players have a good game and yet we're still talking about him as a standout. It just, from minute one, every time he got the ball, it, the difference he makes, you know, he's picking his head up, he's picking out passes that no one would find. And you know what it is? I think the camaraderie that he brings to the dressing room, you know, I was watching that lap of honour last night and... He's clearly such a big presence in that dressing room. You know, Stavely was on the pitch and he, she, he was the first player that she went and hugged and said, you know, thank you. You know, he's doing his little dance with Jolton when the song's been sung in the Gallagher. And then there's a brilliant moment on Newcastle TV where Matt Target's been interviewed and Bruno Gate crashes it and says he needs to stay. So, look, he's not just fantastic on the pitch. I think he's a real leader of it. And if they can sign one or two more players like him in the summer, then... You know, next season is going to be, you know, a very, very good one. Yeah, let's, let's do as Eddie Howe said. We'll just keep calm <laughs> and keep, keep the feet on the ground. I'm just looking at more stats here. And we've got so many players above 80% when it comes to accurate passes. And I often do stat pieces. And it's, it's not often you get that many players. You know, you've got Sean Longstaff, 90%. Almiro, 90%. Burn 83, Gamoresh 82, and then Cher 84. I know he wasn't on the pitch too long. And then Emil Kraft is there with 79%. There's there's something, you know, going through this Newcastle United side, isn't it? You know, where they they they've improved and there's a there's a bar to hit, and they are starting to churn out consistent performances, even when they're not maybe playing too well, you can still see the improvement is there and Everyone's just excited for the future. I think it, I think it's a lot on confidence. And last night, as we, we touched on earlier, Newcastle looked like the side that were, you know, chasing the top four. It looked like they were the better team. And obviously the crowd helped. But I think just that confidence of knowing things were going right, the crowd was getting behind them. And, you know, it's just sort of, you know, was breeding that, that type of performance. As we touched on how, you know, he doesn't let up. He said last night that, whether it's a home game, an away game, a dead rubber, a pre-season game, he wants to win. And I don't think we've had that, you know, even under Benitez, there was a sense of, right, well, we're going to park the bus and we're going to try and get a draw. You know, under Bruce, there was very much, okay, this game's a free hit. So I think a lot of it comes from how and the fact that he wants to win. And last night there was no, you know, switching off. There was no, you know, let's just see this game out and get on holiday. You know, they, they wanted to win it. Mm. Well, I was speaking to fans outside the ground beforehand and I was asking them about St. James's Park becoming a fortress again and were they kind of shocked at the fact that Newcastle were coming into this game with, and I used the term nothing to play for. And a guy turned around and said to me, but they have got something to play for. They want to win every game. As you've just said that they've got this winning mentality, which is 100% correct. You know, Eddie Howe 
wants to win every game, whether it's this one or preseason against whoever it might be. Every game is one he wants to win. And to have that mentality to show no fear against, you know, any sides, but to be sensible in it as well, because you can you can show no fear and leave yourself open and then get absolutely, you know, thumped. But you can show no fear and, and, and do it in a sensible manner, which they did last night. It was all planned out and it all worked superbly. You could see what they'd been doing on the training ground. And um we mentioned their uh we've mentioned their Sean Longstaff, we mentioned Bruno Gumaresh. Let's talk about Jamal Lascelles because He's another player where we don't quite know what the future holds when we think that we'll go out and sign at least one quality centre-back this summer, which would leave question marks over over Lascelles. He came off the bench for Fabian Cher, and a lot of people have been praising him for, for what he did. You know, he won seven out of seven aerial duels, and in a time when Arsenal were, were looking to get back in the game and putting balls in the box, it's that kind of performance which you needed from your captain, you needed from your centre-backs, and, and LaSalle stepped up and delivered it. Yeah, I thought he was great last night when he came on, and there was a great moment where Odegaard's got the ball in the box. I think it's 1-0. He sits down, long staff, and then he goes to take a shot, and you've got Bruno and and LaSalle's both literally racing to get that ball to make sure there's no way it's getting through to Bravka. And it's that type of it's that type of you know, like say captaincy leadership material. Yes, look, will assign another defender in the summer. Probably does that drop the cells down the pecking order? Yes. Is he probably going to be fourth choice? Yes. But performances like last night mean he probably will stick around. And I think what we've seen with Longstaff staying, Dummett staying, Lascelles. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's kept this summer. I don't think they'll try to flog him. I think he's a good presence to have in the dressing room. How will want leaders like that? It probably comes down to whether he's happy, like we said with Longstaff last week, is he happy to be third or fourth choice? But for Lascelles, I think he probably is. You know, I think even if he drops to fourth choice, he's been at the club that long. He's got such a presence in the dressing room. He knows he will probably get chances because Shaw's got quite a poor injury record burns in and out the team sometimes. But last night, if he can replicate that last night, like all the players have done, then, you know, you wouldn't mind having him around the squad in the summer. And I think he definitely will be kept, even if he drops down that pecking order. Shall we talk about Alan St. Maxim? Because he was another man who stepped up, I felt, last night. He seemed to really enjoy just running at the at the Arsenal uh, defence, and they, they, they couldn't handle him. You know, he completed six out of eight dribbles. He was just a nuisance all night, and it's these kind of performances which have been lacking, I feel, in recent weeks, maybe in, even in recent months. And uh, we need to see more of this next season on a consistent basis if he's going to become, or if he's going to remain part of, you know, Newcastle United. But again... And we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because, like we said last week, we were down in the dumps. <laughs> this week, we're we're swinging from the treetops, aren't we, with excitement? Um, so we've got to find a bit of middle ground. But I think the important point is to say is that we saw enough last night from players who haven't been consistently at the top of the game to ask the question: Well, whether you did it last night, so why aren't you doing it week in week out? And that can only be motivation for the likes of St. Maxman, for the likes of Sean Longstaff to say, you know what? Yeah, I can do this week in, week out. 
it's not good enough doing it once every three or four games. I need to be doing it every single game if I'm to remain part of this journey. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've talked about St. Maxman and how he's probably one of the few that makes it on the team sheet next year, even though there's been talk of them being sold and all that. But last night, I thought he was a real nuisance. And we touched on it before about how the first half, Newcastle were dominant without really you know, threatening. I thought St. Maxman was probably the standout attacking performer in that first half. He had you know, Tommy Asu on toast. And I think there's no surprise that the defender, I know he wasn't fully fit, but I think he just didn't fancy another half an hour or 60 minutes of running after St. Maxman, to be fair. And one thing one thing I noticed tonight, and I did say that uh, one of our colleagues at the Chronicle last night, is that I thought he was moving the ball a lot quicker in that first half. The one thing we moan about him more than anything is that he doesn't give the ball at the right time. Last night, he knew when to beat the man. And once he beat the man, he was either shooting or he was getting a good ball across. With Callum Wilson back on the team, that's crucial because we saw last week at City when St. Maximum did put the ball in the box and unfortunately, you know, it was Chris Wood on the end of it. You know, he can't be a threat when he's playing the right ball. So, as we keep saying, it's about consistency now. And if he can raise that game, just needs to get that step above, doesn't he? You know, he's he's one of the standout players. Fans love him. We should be talking about him as one of the you know, best players we've had. Just feels like something's missing, but... I think the longer he works with how the better players he gets around him, you know, I think he will he will improve, and he's still young enough to do it. Yeah, Callum Wilson, we thought he'd got the goal, but it turned out it was an own goal. But he made the movement, and then he nearly scored what would have been, we'll say, the second best goal of the season. Because I'm not sure you it would have beaten Gumaresh's goal, or maybe even Miggy's. Well, maybe it would have done, but as it, as it didn't go in, it's not really a debate. But you know that 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 effort from. Just inside uh, the Arsenal half, which very nearly caught Ramsdale out. Uh, mm. Very, very close. He's just a different type of player to Chris Wood, a different level. And no disrespect to Chris Wood, but, you know, this is a, a Callum Wilson who, there's no getting away from it, is not match fit. There's not a chance that anyone can say he is 100% match fit. And yet, at what, 70, 75, 80% match fit, let's say? He's just a, a totally different threat. Yes, we can. It'll go back to the point I'm, I keep on making that I don't think the system's there for Chris Wood. I think it is the wrong system. It's built for Callum Wilson, uh, so that obviously aids Callum Wilson. But you know he's still got to be at the top of his game against a side like Arsenal. And the other thing about Callum Wilson's performance last night is that when we talk about the summer and the transfer window and who they may bring in. We've got Callum Wilson, who is like this level, you know, top level. And then you think about the player that they'll need to bring in to better that. I mean, that's so exciting for a club that is built on famous strikers. You've got one who is maybe second tier Premier League striker, you know, mm. on the, the likes of Danny Ings and, and what have you, you know, that kind of level. The only level above that is a top, top striker. It's so exciting, you know, this summer that they could go out and sign someone he was better than Callum Wilson. Yeah, he, he looked last night like he was a £60 million player, didn't he? That was, I think, we've talked about how that was the best performance under Howe. I feel like that was probably Wilson's best performance in Newcastle shirt. From minute one, and I mean literally from the first minute, from kickoff, he was putting so much pressure on those defenders, on White and Gabriel. I was like fearing for his hamstrings. He was making that many runs and behind I was thinking, he can't get injured again, surely. And then he loses a tooth. And he still thinks, no, I'm going to play on here. I mean, 
not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, fantastic leadership, you know, real captain's performance last night. But as you say, if Newcastle want to go out and sign a striker that's better than Wilson, which they could easily do, and, you know, look at, you know, they have made that a priority and, you know, they wanted one in the, in the January window. Where on earth is this football club going to go? And I know, look, I need to keep my feet on the ground, but that Wilson performance last night it was, for me, enough to say if he can keep himself fit, and it's a big if given that, you know, he's missed, I think it's 35 games through injury at Newcastle, six separate injuries, you know, he's he's missed a lot of football. If he can keep himself fit, you know, there's no reason he can't be starting week in, week out. He was fat, he was I can't put it into words how good he was last night. He was he was absolutely fantastic. You sort of torn it. It would be a shame in some ways if Newcastle go out and sign a sixty million pound striker because I would love Wilson to be this number nine that, you know, sort of sees out the back end of his career at Newcastle. But at the same time, I think the the ambition and the you know the vision of the owners, you know, they're gonna have money to spend this summer and I think, you know, a striker will be top of their list. Mm. Not a bad place to be though, be Eddie Howe, when you go out and sign a top striker and you've still got Callum Wilson battling away to get in the first team, you know, it sounds it seems you know, it's the easiest thing in the world, isn't it? Competition is is key when you want to be the very best. And we we can't not talk about Joe Linton either. Player of the season, just just to stay that for a start, blows many people's minds. But it's, it's it is thoroughly deserved. He's been absolutely superb, and again last night, an absolute powerhouse of a player. I mean, the the assist for the own goal gets his head up. You know, he, he bombs forward, puts the ball in the box. It's a, a wonderful cross. It was going to end up in the battle net one way or the other. You then had him, you know, just looking to shoot getting his foot in, he was strong, um, you know, he was bundling players over, he was tracking back. It was, again, I felt just an all-rounded performance from Joe Linton, and I honestly, I we know, you know, they've been linked to, to numerous centre midfielders, you know, Paqueta's one of them. I cannot see, no matter who they sign, Joe Linton, at least for the first couple of months of the season, if he continues where he's left off, Dropping out of the side, and and because he's just, he's. We talk about consistency and mm-hmm. how we need players to be consistent. Now we need Newcastle to be consistent over the season to get higher than just you know surviving relegation with with six or seven games to go. But Joe Linton has been consistent since the turn of the year as this midfield enforcer, and I know you wrote one of your first pieces was where exactly does he fit in. I'm going to go out there and say he fits in exactly where he's been playing in, in, in recent weeks and he will be there, starting there, all being well, all fit and healthy come the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, if there was any doubt that he's a... That he's a I mean, there wasn't any doubt was there that he's a midfielder. You know, he moved back into attack for Norwich and we all thought, oh, look, he's bagged too. Should we drop him back into attack? Last night, just showed, you know, we've talked about before. It's hard to really... You know, think of a player like him in world football, you know, that's got the sort of presence that he's got, the, you know, the build, yet can carry the ball so well. You know, we've talked about before, it's like the Vieira mould, isn't it? You know, of, of 20 years ago. That's the only player that really springs to mind that I can sort of compare him to. Fantastic again last night. I, I've, I've said it before on the podcast, but I think he does his best work without the ball. 
You know, he's a big guy, but he hurries players, he presses, he loves a tackle, he loves a scrap. You know, we touched on it last week, but last night there was a moment where he had a little bit of a scuffle with El Nelly, and it was so, you know, unnecessary. He just likes riling up the opposition, which obviously... But that wasn't there. That wasn't there before Eddie Howe came in. I don't know what yeah, Eddie Howe's done to him. Has he been yeah. following around, like, poking him in the back of the net, winding him up or something? Yeah, it wasn't there. Him, saying wasn't I need someone out He looked him. like he wouldn't say, you know, boo to a goose is the expression, isn't it? Before Eddie Howe came in, and he has changed this. He's just got that aggressive nature about him now, which which if you're going to be a midfield enforcer, because we talk about Patrick Vieira and his... Uh, long-standing rival and Roy Keane, they all had that bit of bite about them. And, and it is great to see uh, not just Joe Linton, but Callum Wilson's got it, Trippier's got it, you know, Gresh has definitely got it as well. Have, they've all got it. Well, a lot of them have got it. And I think if they can sign, you know, look, everyone talks about these £60 million players, but if they can bring another two or three in the summer that have got that sort of, you know, that winning nasty streak in them, then it's going to elevate that team to an even higher level. But that's one of his favourite parts of his game for me is the fact that what he does off the ball and what he does to try and get in the opponent's head, sort of against Tottenham, sort of against City, and we sort of again last night. And it was really nice to see, obviously, one player of the season the other day and the comments that we saw on social media. I wish we could go back in time to August and sit down and tell ourselves Joe Linton's going to be player of the season because... Well, I what, think I think if you went him. back to August, Aaron, and you 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 said this all this is going to happen this season. Yeah, that's The takeover is going to happen. You're going to sign a forty million pound midfielder and Bruno Gomeresh, and you're going to survive the season comfortably. I think a lot of people would have laughed at you. So, um, but you're yes, going to have, you're going to have the owners on the pitch at full time kissing up and deck. I think yeah, you would have been. Yes, there's a lot of surprise. Yeah, and we will we will get on to to things off the pitch in a moment because there was a lot of things that happened last night off the pitch which we have to talk about. Um, but great to see Joe Linton in this transformation. And, and if you haven't seen the interview yet on on the Newcastle United website where he's on the pitch and obviously everyone's doing the lap of honour and you can hear this the the fans serenading him. He's just he's just smiling like yeah. New, Newcastle United need to pause that moment. And you can print off that moment, and you will make a bomb of money because this smile, I think, just warms that will warm the heart of every Newcastle United fan because you know he now can speak good English as well, which which was just helping. I think um, he's settled with his family, and he's just loving life, and it, it's great to see him, you know, absolutely buzzing. It it is it is really really good to see. Um, we're going to talk about off the pitch, so let, let's start with what you mentioned there. We saw Amanda Stavely, Jamie Rubin, Midad uh, Gadusi uh, all go around the pitch at half time. They then joined the players at full time for the lap of honour, hugging everybody. We saw everyone getting a hug. And there was also Ant and Deck on the touchline as well after the, the final whistle, waving uh, one of the war flags. I'm hoping they returned it. <laughs> I hope no one had to chase them down Barrett Roads and give that back. But they seem to enjoy themselves as well. Yeah, and I mean, look, when, when on earth have we seen that, you know, Jolie favourites being invited on the pitch, being invited into the director's box, just another little sort of touch that the new owners have added. But Stavely, obviously, on the pitch last night, as I, as I touched on earlier, she went straight up to Bruno, big hug, very long conversation with Sean Longstaff, very long chat with Joel, and she was, you know, really sort of 
getting the views of the players, congratulating them, how said after the game that, you know, they've been supportive from minute one. And he, 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 there was a moment last night in the press conference where we asked about the owners and, and what they've been saying. And he, one moment stands out for him is that after the Cambridge defeat, they came in the dressing room and they were saying, it doesn't matter, you know, we'll get past this. It, you know, the, And that support that they've had, even in the dark moments, I mean, there hasn't been many, to be fair. I mean, I think Cambridge is probably the only real, you know, dark moment we've had since Howe came in. But that support that they've got and the love that they've got for the club and, you know, they, they can tell they care. Stavely last night, you know, throwing us Garth in the crowd and singing along with the EIEIU chant, like just a world away from what we're used to. And I think long may it continue. But just to see, you know, everyone pulling in the right direction again, you know, it just makes you so excited for what's going to come next season. 100%. And, you know, they seem to be just really loving it, don't they? Like, and just just the way the players are responding as well. You don't often see the owners get on to the pitch and they'll get some criticism from certain elements, but they just want to be part of this. And I think that's what makes it all the more special that, you know, this isn't just a... a you know, a reputation kind of thing or a money thing. They, they seem, you know, from what we've seen so far, to really just want to to enjoy it, kind of as a as a, as a football fan in many ways. I think we, what we've seen, obviously, look, cynics will say that some of it is PR, you know, coming on the pitch and all this, and you know, are they just doing it for the optics? But I think you know, I was at the women's game last month, and you know, Steve on the kickabout on the pitch at the end with my dad and my son, there was no cameras around, you know, there's no TV cameras. It wasn't on Sky. They just love football. And, you know, I think Newcastle United put out a good tweet last night that Stavely, you know, she tried to buy the club for so long. She never gave up on the club. And now she's sort of just enjoying having that, having that chance. And um, but look, it, yeah, just it, last night felt special after the game. You know, it was that moment when everyone was walking around and you're just thinking, you know, this sleeping giant's about to, come alive and there was a funny moment in that press conference after where you know how was asked about Ant and Deck and he said you know I'm glad I finally met them it's my highlight of my day and you know I'm a big fan of them and it's just that you know nothing like we've ever seen before you know it never happened in a Bruce or Rafa or Pardew or Carver or any of those managers you know we've never had this sort of feeling of the camaraderie or the you know togetherness of not just the full group but the local celebrities as well so it just goes to show, you know, the changes that have been made in the last six months and, and how exciting it is for the future. And we're going to finish with the NUFC fans, Food Bank. Jamie Rubin and me, Dad Gadusi, before the game, made a very, very quick and surprise visit down to the volunteers at the Food Bank on Strawberry Corner. Let me play, play you this video. If you listen on the audio channel, you'll hear Jamie and you'll hear me, Dad. So just bear with me. And this is them heading down and meeting the volunteers. <laughs> Thank you. 
I mean, Aaron, I could see your expression there off camera as you were watching that. I assume that might be the first time you've seen the video and you were just smiling and you were like everyone else there that was surprised and just overwhelmed by the fact these guys came down because, you know, Jamie Rubens Foundation has, has matched every home donation since that game against Spurs, which means well over, collected with the fan donations, well over 100,000, if not close to 150,000, has been raised for the food bank which at a time like we're in now, living cost of living crisis is unbelievable. Going into the summer with no football, it all is going to ma- mean so much that they've, they've got that backing from the Ruben Foundation. Now, you know, he could have sent an email. He could have just sent a quick selfie video. But instead, he's come down for the second time now because he did it before the Brentford game. He's come down for the second time now to say thank you. He's brought me a dad with him down who wanted to come down to say thank you to the volunteers. And we saw there them getting pictures with them, saying hello to um, one of the volunteers who I believe is called John Joe there, um, who's, who's, in, who's in the wheelchair. And it means so much to, to every single volunteer that these owners are doing this, you know. And some will say, well, it's an easy PR spin, but it, okay, in a way, maybe. But it's also a very expensive one at that cost. And if that is their main aim, because it hasn't been a, a cheap PR spin for Jimmy Rubin, if that's what people think it is. It, what it is, is the owners taking an interest in the community and making sure that Newcastle United is at the centre of that. But it's not just about the football. It's about helping the most vulnerable, making sure those who are unfortunately going without food, making the decision whether it's heat, heating or eating, that they can actually have uh you know the, the support to not have to make that decision and they can actually have food on their table and not go hungry 
Yeah, that was the first time I'd seen that video. But I mean, just put a smile on your face, honestly. We knew when this takeover happened, you know, we've seen it in Man City to an extent that not only does the football club get bigger and start winning things, but the community around it benefits. What the owners will do in the next 10 years with the city, you know, God only knows. But what they've done this season, like you say, fantastic. I don't think it's a PR stunt. And, you know, look, even if it is, like you say, the money that they've spent, you know, to help people in this community will just... It's just unbelievable. And I think not only are they going down there, like you say, you know, they're posing for selfies, you know, even last night after the game, you know, Murdad, you know, he's interacting with the crowd and just helps add to that feel-good factor that's around the club. And I think they deserve massive credit for what they've done with Newcastle United, but if they continue to keep up these initiatives and stuff like that and the jobs that they're going to bring to this city, you know, it's just got an absolute wonderful time and yeah, fantastic to see that and long may it continue and I'm sure it will. It ended with a mass selfie of about 70 odd people because all the fans wanted to take selfies and they were very accommodating and then it was a mass, uh, uh, you all, I looked up and there was just like 12 phones pointed in this big group and uh, so if anyone's actually got that picture and they've posted it on social media, do, uh, do let us know because we'd love to see it and I'm sure Jamie and me and dad would as well. Um, what a way to round off the final home game of the season, Aaron. We we are um, falling over ourselves in positivity. We look ahead to Burnley to close off the season. We'll have our match preview with John Gibson on Thursday to look ahead to that one. But just to finish off, Aaron, how excited are you for next season? And, and more specifically, what Newcastle United can achieve at St. James's Park? Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt like this about Newcastle United. I think a lot of fans watching or listening to this will have came away from last night thinking we can't remember it being so good. You probably have to go back to you know Keegan era to have a time where the sort of optimism was as high as it is. I'm excited for the season, for the next season. I'm excited for the summer. I think the owners will have big plans. I think how, you know, he, he hinted last night that he's got plans that he, you know, he's he's looking to implement. And I think we're in safe hands with both him at the top and, and the owners at the top. And look, who knows where we're going to be next season. This time next year, we might be talking on the last home game podcast thinking, never keep, have yeah, we made uh, it in the top 10. Right, OK, right. <laughs> yes, I'm just, just. I mean, I'm, I'm turning the giveaway now. I'm just trying to keep you calm. No, I know. Honestly, look, last week, I, like I said, we were, we were down in the dumps last week saying that, you know, it was all doom and gloom and then, you know, a week later. I'm a, I'm I think, I think it was all justified last week. I'm just happy yeah. that, you know, it was all, as we said earlier in the show, all kind of fixed and remedied and we saw the best of Newcastle United against Arsenal and hopefully we'll see that on Burn uh, on Sunday against Burnley and long may continue into the seasons to come. But Aaron, thanks very much for popping on to everything is Black and White Podcast. You guys watching and listening, thank you very much for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast channel later, please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider. Totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload, you'll get a notification to say it's ready to listen or download and leave us a rating and review as well. Just helps us get the show out to a wider audience and pop over to chroniclive.co.uk where there's plenty of brilliant content from last night, including Pierce Morgan's reaction to Arsenal getting beat by Newcastle United. Well worth a look and much, much more. So do head over to chroniclive.co.uk.